1: I don't want to pretend that I'm like, yeah, miss Charismatic. I'm definitely, I mean, you know, obviously maybe there's times, but overall, you know, I am an introvert. I am naturally shy. And yet I love people and I love helping them and bringing them together. And so for me, it's like, I'm really fueled by ideas and possibilities. Um, so the people I'm inspired by are the people that have like these big ideas that could change the world, the people who, I don't know, I can just get behind their message. I love what they're about. So it's not like, Oh, I want to be around all these people. I mean, I, personally prefer to just talk to people one-on-one or over email Mm. than be in a group even like a three-person group feels like too much for me sometimes um but yeah so you know I don't think I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of relations, like a lot of my relationship building has come through one-on-one connection, you know, so maybe I'll meet someone in a group, and then we connect separately one-on-one, or maybe I'll be curating the group. And that really helps me because I'm like deciding who is coming to this event. You know, I already know who's going to be in the room. I get to pick the environment, the food, the everything. And there's naturally so many things to talk about, you know, because, you know, when you're the host of the event, so that has definitely helped me, but it is, I mean, even, I think it's kind of a weird thing because sometimes in certain situations and I'm like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable. And yet this is what I do. And I also know that, you know, in certain ways, like I'm extremely good at it. But then there's other ways where I feel like it's, you know, it's still hard for me.
3: Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
4: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans.
0: Selena, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, it is very cool to have you here. You've been long requested as a guest, and you also have uh, been a referral source for many of our guests because many of our last few guests over the last couple of months have all been clients of yours. But before we get into the work that you do, I want to start by asking you, which of your two parents were you closest to and why? And what impact has that ended up having on your life?
1: Sure. Um, so the parent that I'm closest to is definitely my mom. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and you know my dad was an entrepreneur, so he was always very busy. Um, but my mom had this big interest in spirituality and personal development, so I got exposed to um, you know some of these ideas at a young age. And it's interesting because today, so much of my work is around promoting and elevating these thought leaders, these experts, authors, coaches, um, and you know some of the people that I promote today are people whose newsletters she on and whose books she reads. So it's
0: a pretty cool thing. You know, so one of the things that I'm always intrigued by uh, is when people are exposed to this kind of information at such an early age, does the perception um, and the value of what you're getting from being exposed to this change with age? Like, does it differ? Did you realize at the time when you were that young that this is profoundly life transforming?
1: Yeah, I do. And I think how like it's changed now is um, that, you know, like some of the most important ideas, it's just about, you know, someone delivering it in a different way. It's not like everything needs to be like brand new, like reinventing the wheel for it to be exciting. Um, But for me, you know, it's made me more interested in like the personality behind the message um, and the branding. And, you know, I feel like you know, if Oprah says something like, live your best life, people are like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. You know, <laughs> your best life. But if some random person that you didn't know was just like, live your best life, you're like, oh, whatever, you ignore it, right? So, uh-huh. you know, there's certain people where you fall in love with their personal story, their brand, their personality. And that's what really gets you like hooked on the message and, you know, inspires you to transform. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really pay attention to the personality behind the message.
0: Mm. Well, we'll come back to that um, and talk about how people actually do that. But who are the people that influenced you um, and set you on this path?
1: Yeah. um, You know, my biggest inspirations, I would say, are Marie Forleo, Danielle Lepore, and Ramit Sethi. And interestingly, these were three of the people um, that encouraged me and believed in me um, so so much so that I started my own business. So, um, you know, gosh, there's... I would say that the way that this really began was um, when I was in business school. You know, I was walking home from my summer internship, and I saw Ramit Sethi on the street, and he was my favorite blogger. You know, and I had read his book, I had bought his course, and I was on the phone with my mom, and I was like mom, I gotta go. And I remember being so excited, you know, and going up to him and he was wearing glasses and he was in flip flops and he was letting his parents into a car. And I just started talking to him and he was kind of surprised because his average, um, you know, reader is like this, you know, like a dorky, like 20 year old guy. And here I was like this kind of lively girl who'd come out of nowhere. And I, you know, knew all of his stuff and his books and everything. And he was like, Oh, we just got back from a cruise with my sisters and my parents. And and I was like, and he, you know, he mentioned his two sisters. I was like, oh, yeah, I know you have two sisters. And he was like, how, how do you know that? And I was like, because in your book, in Chapter Sevens on Savings, you talked about how they both had East Coast and West Coast weddings. And he was like, oh, my God, you're such a stalker. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how our friendship began. And he was hosting these local New York meetups. And so I would just show up, you know, I was on the newsletter list, so I showed up and I started becoming friends with, you know, people at those meetups, including his friends like Derek Halpern. And so I feel like, you know, the start of my relationship with Remy and Derek and some of these other people is actually me being a super fan and being really interested in their work. And, you know, a lot of people think that it's bad to be a super fan. You know, they'll say like, oh, I don't want, you know, to for someone to think I'm just like a fan girl or fan boy. But honestly, like, you know, I am a super fan of like many of my friends and colleagues and mentors. And I think it's a good thing. Um, There's this saying that I really love, which is you know, the moment you put someone on a pedestal is the moment they start looking down on you. And so with a super fan, it's not about like you putting someone up on a pedestal and thinking that they're better than you and like you have nothing to offer. But it's like you can admire them and even look up to them, but you also recognize your own value. But I think the mistake that a lot of people make when trying to build relationships with the people they admire is they kind of approach them and their internal dialogue is, you know, this person is so amazing. They've got everything. Like, why would they even want to know me? I'm just wasting their time. You know, I'm nothing. I've got nothing to offer, you know, some kind of version of that. And then when you approach those influencers, there's like this weird energetic dynamic. And I think for me, you know, not that I think I'm at the same level as those people, but I just know that you know, I just want to add value, I want to help the people I admire because I'm so inspired by them. And when you're coming from a place of service, you know that you're not wasting your time, you just want to make their lives better. And the the way that you sort of level that playing field in your mind is like by adding value. Um, So I think that's really been like kind of like the big picture key to the different relationships I've developed.
0: You know, so there are a couple of things that are really interesting to me uh, about this um you know all those people have like thousands um hundreds of thousands potentially of people who are fans of their work or you know people who read their work uh it, two things that, that that strike me as interesting that i'm curious about one is why do you think you stood out above all of them and two uh I know that you're an introvert, so that seems really like counter to like, you know, your whole personality to go up and start that conversation. So I'm curious, like, how, you know, what did you have to overcome to do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely was a bit nervous. Like when I saw Rami, I was like, hmm, like, should I go up there? Like, uh, but then in my mind, it was like, you know. I might never bump into him again. So like, you know, this is an opportunity. So I just like did it even though I didn't feel totally comfortable. Um, so that's, yeah, a big piece of it. And then I think another reason why I stood out to him is, you know, you know, with our relationship, I've gone above and beyond in many different ways. So, for example, you know, Ramit um, emailed me while I was um, in business school and he was like, I'm relaunching my website, I've got these two different versions, would love to get some feedback and, you know, he's like, do you have like a minute or two? And you know, he asked for like a minute or two, but I literally carved out five hours to help him. I, you know, left my business school classroom, I went to the library and I organized this focus group of people. and we just. Got you know, I got so much feedback from people about the copy, the design, the messaging, everything, and I put together almost like a report, you know, in an email, and sent it off to him, and he was like, "This is." amazing Selena and he shared it with his team and I know that sounds like a weird thing but for whatever reason that's just kind of how I operate is I just you know do these things that are high impact um, because I know that like if I just kind of get back to him with a one line or like I like version a better or B, like it's not really going to do that much Um, and you know that's not the way to stand out like if you want to be remembered by an influencer you can't just be doing what everyone else is doing you can't be average you have to do things that stand out and that really make the difference so that they remember you and they're like, wow, this person is like a great person to have in my life. I love having them around. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know, the other thing that, that is, is really interesting, I mean, you kind of have already started uh, touching on some of it. Um, I know that, you know, uh, if you go to Ramit's website, you're listed as one of his star students. Um, and I'm curious what it is that enables the kind of behavior that produces those kinds of results. Because, I mean, he has thousands of students and I don't imagine all of them get the results that you did. And I see this across multiple you know, forms of information consumption, whether it's people reading books, going to conferences or taking courses um, where yeah. there is a subset of people who get nothing out of it. And you strike me as a person who would have gotten the results, even if that hadn't been the case, if you hadn't taken the course or hadn't you know, met these people that you've met.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that because I feel like in the world of online business, I mean, that's very flattering, but there's so much to learn. And um, I definitely wouldn't be here today if I hadn't learned from my mentors, whether it was, you know, in-person conversations or being a part of their group programs or joining their information products. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had this, you know, really strong drive uh, really since high school. I remember, you know, when I was in Hong Kong, um, I was kind of average, you know, there were a Lot of really smart people at my school. I didn't really stand out in any way. And then when I moved to um, the States, I went to boarding school in Tacoma, Washington. Um, I, you know, was like the straight A student. There were about 30 people in my entire grade. There were a bunch of international students like me and then people that were, you know, local. And I you know, we were like ahead of, you know, where people were in the U S and math and things like that. So I was able to kind of be in that number one spot. And that was really exciting for me. And also I just, you know, had trouble connecting with the girls at my school, like we were a boarding school, you know, some of these girls were sent there because, you know, they had, were causing trouble at home and they would have, you know, these boyfriends and be having like sex at a young age and talking about makeup and just all this stuff. And I really felt like such a, you know, fish out of water and nerd. I didn't really know how to connect. And so I just kind of like, you know, focused on my schoolwork and I was the only person um, who graduated, um, who went to an Ivy league school Um, I think the next best school that someone went to in my class was NYU. And then there were like just, you know, different local universities that were good, but um, not, you know, nationally recognized in that way. But I do remember like enjoying, you know, being like the best, you know, and the number one spot. And then I think since then, like, I've just been really driven. And also, you know, my dad was um, a stockbroker. He was the vice chairman of the Hong Kong stock exchange at one point. And, one of the first people who, um, one of the first Chinese people who went to Oxford university. And so I just think that, you know, it was kind of my environment. There was always an expectation in a way that you're supposed to succeed and do more than other people. And I think, you know, I guess my dad always like taught me to think big and my dad has, um, I don't know kind of it sounds bad but a little bit of a donald trump personality (laughs) like and so he just kind of thinks like anything is possible and he kind of thinks that he's the best and all of that Um, and so i don't really consider myself to be an arrogant person necessarily um i mean i you know i definitely have you know kind of like some of the opposite qualities of arrogance, like being shy sometime or, um, you know, like self-critical. But then I think there's like this other side of me that is like really bold and ambitious and kind of believes that I can do anything and is willing to take risks. And so, um, you know, one example of this, and this is connected to why I've succeeded in online courses, because it's like an attitude and a mindset Mm -hmm. that you bring to it. But um, so just kind of as a backstory, like I used to be terrified of public speaking. And when I was in business school, um, we would, you know, get into small groups and have to introduce ourselves to our classmates. And I'd be like in a group of six people would kind of go around the circle. And the whole time, I couldn't even pay attention to what people were saying, because I was just so focused on myself. And like, how do I introduce myself? myself, I don't want to mess up, like, ah, I don't like being seen. And that's kind of, yeah, that was like my experience. I was like terrified to talk for 20 seconds. And when I decided to start my own business, pretty shortly after I saw all these people have workshops, and I had actually um, been part of a women's life coaching group, which really like furthered my interest in the personal development and thought leader space. And so I thought, you know, I want to do a workshop, I want to do a two day workshop called elevate your brand. And so I just like posted it on Facebook, and I shared it with the... 150 people on my newsletter and I, um, sold seven spots and, you know, there were going to be seven people who had paid $600 that were going to come and listen to me talk and teach them for two days. And it was like actually a really insane thing because I was uncomfortable with 20 seconds of attention. And so like I had just like enrolled people to, you know, be in this workshop for two days. It was kind of crazy and yet I just did it. And I remember leading up to the workshop that week, like I kept on putting off, you know, the outline and everything like, oh, I don't wanna do it, I'm too scared. And, and then finally it was like, okay, I have to create it. And I remember, I don't know if I've ever felt quite this way before, but like physically sick, like feeling like I had to throw up, like my body, was like frozen like it was hard for me to move I was like so scared and I um, called one of my best friends I'm like can you just like sit with me in my apartment and can I just talk through like what I think I'm going to talk to people about and you know and anyways like I did the workshop and um, as people started coming through the door and I started just kind of talking to them I started to feel more comfortable and then you know everyone introduced themselves I taught a little bit people shared I'm like okay I can do it and I became more comfortable and um, I feel like with my entrepreneurial career, I've done so many things that are like a little bit crazy. Um, so, you know, after business school, I decided to start my own business, even though I had no clients, you know, which is typically a no, no. And, um, you know, I, I, did get, you know, a couple of clients, at, but, and I had this one, Nightmare client that made me not want to work one on one anymore, and I found this business coach, and she was twenty seven thousand dollars. She had a mastermind, and I was making about four thousand dollars a month at the time. And I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna take the leap and join the mastermind. And um, I remember looking at you know all the comments in the Facebook group, and people were like, "Oh, I just had a ten k month. I had a twenty k month." And I thought, like, "Wow, I'm like bottom of the class," but. I would say that being in that environment really helped push me to the next level. And I started to have 10 K months and 20 K months. And there were specific strategies and ideas and things that my coach helped me with. And I'm like, even though it's so freaking uncomfortable, I just paid all this money, I better do it. And so I feel like, you know, with everything I've done, like I have this big vision and I just know like, yes, I want to do it. Whether it's, I want to start an online course, I want to start my own business. I want to, bring together all these influencers and I get excited about it. There's like this confident side of me. And then like later there's other side that's like, wait a minute, like who do you think you are to do this? Like, this is so scary. You're going to die. But then there. But then intellectually, I know. You know, I'm, I know I'm not going to die, even though I feel sick. And then I just kind of go ahead and do it, and just go all in and pour everything into it because I don't want to mess up. And then it kind of works out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I never really talked about it in that way, but that is kind of. I, I feel like how I've just like approached my business and how I've grown by leaps and bounds. I literally started before I felt ready.
0: Wow. Okay. So many questions uh, come from this. Um, One is, is, you know, I don't imagine that you woke up one day and you knew this is exactly what this business is going to look like. This is what I'm going to be known for. And I'm curious how you arrived at the conclusion that you did that you would be the person who basically everybody goes to for influence.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't arrive at that place. And I felt like I was having an identity crisis when I started my business because I knew I wanted to help people with marketing, but then I didn't really want to write boring marketing articles. And I was writing things on Positively Positive, like you know, a piece called Confessions of a Highly Sensitive Entrepreneur, and you know, why you need more experience, why you don't need more experience, you need more courage. And it was like, wait, but I'm not looking to be like someone's life coach. Um, but yeah, those were things that were just important for me to share. So it definitely took me a while and, you know, I didn't, the influencer thing didn't really come to me right away because when I first started my business, yes, I had like, you know, help Marie Forleo over me and um, Danielle Laporte, but it wasn't like, you know, it was just a handful of people. I wasn't like the go-to expert on helping influencers. Um, But yeah, I started with publicity because, you know, I loved helping people get these media opportunities and, um, you know, but then I had a really bad experience with a client that made me like rethink things. And when I started, you know, doing coaching and with the coaching, I added on like this mastermind retreat component that included these dinner parties because I realized like, yeah, I can give people advice, but honestly, like one of the things I'm best at is like bringing people together and connecting them with influencers. And so, you know, with these people that want this media coverage, like I, you know, I just thought like, it would be so exciting for them to come to New York city and meet the different influencers in my network, you know, who could give them these opportunities to meet these editors from Forbes and Oprah and all these places. Um, so I feel like all the things I do always end up having this influencer component. And even with, you know, I have, um, like a year-long program called Impacting Millions. And I bring in my media experts, people that have, you know, worked as producers of the Today Show or written for top magazines. And, you know, even though I see myself in some ways as a thought leader, I also definitely see myself as a curator and the people that I'm curating and elevating are other influencers. So... You know, it definitely took a while. And with my first website, you know, it didn't fully express like who I was. And it took me a couple of years to really be like, oh, this is what I'm really excited about. And now I have a brand new website. And I just feel like it captures it so perfectly. Um, but, you know, I think that sometimes when you don't really know, like, what, how am I supposed to brand myself? Or what do I stand for? You know, sometimes you, I mean, sometimes you can figure it out with the help of a consultant, but other times you are like, developing your brand and what you want to be known for by like living your life and it just has to evolve and you can't kind of get mad at yourself or beat yourself up and be like let me come to it faster Um, so I don't really feel like I did anything wrong but you know it definitely did take me a couple of years to understand like where I kind of fit in the marketplace and you know what my contribution would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I found in my own experience, um, at least for us, that has been very much an iterative process to even get to the point of of rebranding as unmistakable creative was four years. And I feel like every year I get become clearer and clearer on what that is.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I can share another story about like how I've connected with influencers. And, you know, the reason why I like to share these stories is I don't want people to think like, oh, Selena, you know, you live in New York City or you knew that person, you know? So it's helpful to kind of hear multiple stories and get an idea of like, oh, how could I do that for myself? So this next story involves Danielle Laporte, who I know um, has been a guest multiple times on your show. And, you know, I was on her, um, you know, I had joined her newsletter list. I actually, Well, I learned about her through, A newsletter. Um, Columbia University had mentioned this women's group, Ladies Who Launch, and I checked out their website. And I think Danielle Laporte was in their newsletter. And I just thought that the work that she was doing was so cool. And so I just reached out to her um, and offered to connect her with some media people. And that's how we started developing a relationship. And then years later, you know, I learned by being on her newsletter that she was coming out with a book called The Firestarter Sessions. And I thought, you know, this book is so cool. Like I want to let people at Oprah Magazine know about. It And so I reached out to her and I said, you know, hey, Danielle, like, how would you, you know, would it be okay if I reached out to some people there? I really feel like you should be on their radar. And she said, I would love that. And she had her publisher send me a copy of the fire starter sessions. And they also sent me a couple of fire starter tattoos. And I, you know, went out and bought this brown paper bag and put this like in this red fire paper that was like bursting out of the bag and I bought a chocolate fire chili bar and like assembled the whole thing and hand delivered it to Hearst magazines and then I, um, you know, wrote an email pitch and sent it off and I took a picture of the package and I also um, forwarded the pitch to Danielle and she was like, Selena, this pitch is impeccable. Like every single word, the whole spirit of it, for the love of God, thank you. And... Um, you know, and I was so happy to help and to help her, you know, get on the radar of those people and to get the conversation going there. And, you know, I think this comes back to like a big theme in my life, um, which also connects to the Ramit story I told earlier, which is you don't wait for opportunities, you have to create opportunities. You know, so Ramit didn't ask me to spend five hours looking at his website and coming up with a, re- for a report, you know, and Danielle didn't ask me to, you know, pitch Oprah Magazine. And I didn't even have like a contact there. I didn't, wasn't like, trained as a publicist or anything you know I was just inspired and I wrote this thing Um, and so you know and like a couple years later when I was starting my business you know I I knew like I need to have some kind of endorsement on my website because I don't have any clients yet um, I need to have things that make my brand attractive and that draw people to me. And so I said to Danielle, um, you know, I'm I'm, launch, I'm so excited to be starting a business and I'm launching a website and it would mean the world if I could, you know, include a sentence or two from you on my site. Um, you know, I was wondering if I could possibly use, um, you know, this, like, these sentences from an email you sent me after, you know, X, Y, Z happened, the whole Oprah thing. And she was like, absolutely, you know, use that, you know, far and wide. And so I wasn't like being strategic, like, oh, let me help Danielle, because maybe one day I will need a testimonial or something. I was literally only helping her because I felt inspired and excited. And so, you know, when I think about like helping influencers and things like that, it's like, you know, kind of like the litmus test is I have to feel so excited and inspired by the person that I would be like happy to do it for free. It's like the money piece doesn't really matter. It's more that, you know, I believe in what they're doing and it is like an honor and it's a reward to almost be a part of their reward and contribute and just adding value is the reward and I'm done. And so I think that's also like a really huge Thing that has differentiated myself because, you know, a lot of these um, people are used to people asking them for favors all the time. And, you know, it's kind of scary for them to let people into their world knowing, like, who knows what they're going to expect or ask of me. And so they have these walls up. And I think for me... Um, I think people can sense like my genuine passion for what they were doing and that I didn't really need anything. Um, That isn't to say that I haven't asked for support from my network ever, because I definitely do. Um, But that's not the reason why I will build a relationship with someone. And so, um, yeah, so that was like another key example of how I went above and beyond and really... Stood out and became remembered by Danielle, um, and that actually like led to me her later like telling Marie Forleo about me, you know, and Ramit also told Marie about me, and so it's like, you know, if I sent an email to info at Marie Forleo, I probably want to get a response, but when those two people are like, hey, like you need to know Selena, you know, then I'm going to hear back right away, and so um, you know, I, I think. You know, today I feel fortunate that I've been able to, you know, know all these incredible people, be this gatekeeper, make things happen. But it wasn't like I did one thing. I, it's like I did many things. It's like I chose to live my life kind of as this giver, as a super connector, as this creative, because it, it is a creative, you know, act to like connect these dots between people and ideas and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is kind of why I have, you know, the, the network and the influence that I have today.
0: So, There's one part of this that I want to spend probably a lot of our time talking about, and it's an odd paradox to me because, you know, you are self-described as an introvert, and yet you've built this massive network where you connect people together. And I'm wondering how those two things coexist.
1: Yeah. So basically like I'm uncomfortable you know like even now when I go out like I went to this dinner just recently and it wasn't a dinner that I was hosting the dinners that I'm hosting I prefer because I'm you know I'm the one who's gathering people together it's more comfortable but I went to this dinner with a bunch of influencers and like I was at the table and I really didn't have that much to say and you know this really well-known guy was like at one point I think he was like really excited to meet me and I just didn't really know how to engage in the conversation he was like Selena are you there with us and um, so you know I don't want to pretend that I'm like yeah Miss Charismatic I'm definitely I mean you know obviously maybe there's times but overall you know I am an introvert I am naturally shy and yet I love people and I love helping them and bringing them together and so for me it's like I'm really fueled by ideas and possibilities Um, so the people I'm inspired by are the people that have like these big ideas that could change the world the people who i don't know i can just get behind their message i love what they're about so it's not like oh i want to be around all these people i mean i personally prefer to just talk to people one-on-one or over email Mm. than be in a group even like a three-person group feels like too much for me sometimes um but yeah so you know i don't think I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of relations, like a lot of my relationship building has come through one-on-one connection, you know, so maybe I'll meet someone in a group, and then we connect separately one-on-one, or maybe I'll be curating the group. And that really helps me because I'm like deciding who is coming to this event. You know, I already know who's going to be in the room. I get to pick the environment, the food, the everything. And there's naturally so many things to talk about, you know, because, you know, when you're the host of the event, so that has definitely helped me, but it is, I mean, even, I think it's kind of a weird thing because sometimes in certain situations and i'm like oh i feel really uncomfortable and yet this is what i do and i also know that you know in certain ways like i'm extremely good at it but then there's other ways where i feel like it's you know it's still hard for me
4: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
0: nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt
4: until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
3: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.
0: Hmm. Well, let's do this let's shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about this idea of getting messages to stand out getting them to spread and um, you know ultimately impacting millions like what yeah. enables that and what enables that for the clients that you work with like why is it that you know um some people stand out above the crowd and others don't
1: yeah um, so the first thing, like, is just that you have to get your ideas out there. And, you know, and I want to kind of begin with this because there's a lot of people that just don't even get started. Um, and I have like a story to share around this, which really illustrates like the mindset blocks that we have that prevent us from getting our ideas out there. So I, when I started my business, my first client, my very first client who was great was like, Selena, I love you. I want to share your work with my audience. Let's do a Skype video interview. And I remember thinking like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. Like I want to help other people be seen. Like, I don't want people to see me. I'm like the behind the scenes person, but you know, deep down there was this like wiser voice. I was like, Selena, this is a good opportunity. You should just do it. And so I did this Skype interview and, um, you know, I was nervous the whole time and I got the recording later. I watched it with my interns and at the time I was really working on my public speaking because I was just so terrified of it. And I also, you know, knew that I was using a lot of filler words like all the time because I was nervous so I had them count all the ums you knows, so's and they were like at 137 filler words. And I was like, okay, like this is terrible. Like kind of like, you know, I was like watching this video and like covering my hands, like my face with my hands, like I was watching a horror movie. Uh, it was just that uncomfortable for me. And I noticed like, I wasn't maintaining proper eye contact. I wasn't smiling. I just thought like, oh my gosh, this is like a train wreck. Like I, you know, I'm not gonna share this with my list, which was small, it was like 150 people or something. And one of my interns said to me, you know, honestly, Selena, I don't think it's that bad. Like I actually think you had some really good ideas to share. I think it could really help people. And that was like a very, very powerful and clarifying moment for me. And I've kind of taken away three lessons from that. So lesson number one is that we're our own worst critics. So after the interview, rather than being like, oh my gosh, I did my first interview. I'm proud of myself. I was like, okay, let's watch the recording and literally look at all the ways I have messed up. Like let's literally like document it and quantify it. And (laughs) like, you know, and it's like so like destructive. But yeah, that was like my approach to it. And um, so, you know, with a lot of us, when we're afraid to put our work out there, or we feel like it's not good enough, like it's probably better than you think. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. And then the second big idea that, you know, I took from this is that, you know, I was comparing myself to Ramit St. Marie Forleo, all these people who seem so eloquent and polished and had this incredible personality um, on camera. And the thing is, you know, I've got my own personality, but also, you know, they've been doing this for 10 years, you know, 20 years, whatever it is. And so for me and for anyone else, like we cannot expect ourselves on day one to, you know, be at that level. It's something that develops over time. And the only way that you're going to get there is by getting started. You know, you get better with each um, interview. And then the third thing is what my intern said about, you know, I think that what you share could help a lot of people like, That was so powerful for me because honestly I was going into the interview just thinking about me, me, me. Like I knew I had good ideas to share, but I'm like, I don't know. I I think I don't know if I'm going to be presentable. I don't know if I'm going to look good. And it was just so me focused. And when I realized like, this is helping people. It's like, yeah, I should get these ideas out there. And so now when I do an interview, you know, sometimes I know I'm not perfectly polished or maybe I stumble on a couple of words or use some filler words or whatever it is. Like, I don't really judge myself for that. Like I kind of am able to take a step back and say to myself, like, okay, did I, you know, give my all, did I try my best? Did I share stories that could inspire? Did I offer valuable advice? And if the answer is yes, and it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm moving on. I'm not going to, you know, worry about the delivery. Um, you know, I, I showed up and I did my best. And so, yeah, I mean, that's been really powerful for me. And, you know, I really have to say that mindset is the biggest thing, you know, because there are – so many people that have great ideas, but they don't share them with other people. They're just known by like 10 clients or a handful of people. And they could be getting their ideas out there, but they just, they'll say things to themselves like, you know. It's not my style to brag, you know. Or I'm about helping people. It's not about myself. And so there's all these things that prevent the ideas we've been getting out there and developed. And part of I found that developing your ideas is by sharing it with other people, and then you refine them. And part of the way that you share it is by getting publicity. It's by writing the guest posts and refining your thought leadership. It is by doing the podcast interviews. And with each interview, you get a better sense of like how you can share the idea in a more powerful way. And so I think. lot of people like stop themselves. They don't give themselves those opportunities. So the first thing we always have to address is mindset. Mm
0: -hmm. Where do you go from mindset? Um, and in terms of messaging, because I've said (laughs) yes to almost everybody that you have sent my way, but there have also been people that I've passed on and I'm trying to figure out, I think I know what the difference is for me. Um, I don't know that I can articulate it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's about having a message that's compelling, right? And it comes down to copy. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's multiple things, but one of them is the copy. So, for example, um, Gabby Bernstein, on her website, she says, um, become the happiest person you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of a cool idea, to be the happiest person you know. Um, she could have just said, like, get happy, and that wouldn't be interesting. Or on my website, I have this, you know, um, phrase, like, you know, go from hidden gem to household name. I could have said just like become more visible, but the language that I use is more evocative and interesting and exciting. So that's a part of it, you know, because a lot of people think that they need such a unique idea. And sometimes people do have unique groundbreaking ideas, but other times they don't. And it's just their personality and their spin. You know, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, health coaches that talk about weight loss. And, you know, oftentimes they're not creating something that's brand new, but it's how it's their personality, it's their brand, it's their unique story and their way of messaging and talking about the problem or the issue or, you know, whatever it is in a way that really resonates with people and kind of connects with them like even on a soul level um so you know resonance is a really big part of it
0: Hmm. how do you how do you find that resonance i mean obviously we've talked about a little bit you know you've mentioned what it is that resonates because yeah that is absolutely the thing that sells me every time when i say yes to a guest is there's something in here that resonates with me and makes me curious and i feel like it makes for a good story um how do people find what that is? How do they develop resonance? Which I, I realize is a really weird question.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, people are inspired by people if they can see a piece in themselves in them, you know, so oh, I was just like them, or I can connect with that, you know. So I know for me, like when I share my story, I always make sure to talk about how I'm an introvert and how I'm shy, you know, because it's true. And also, it's, it's a little bit different, but a lot of people can resonate with feeling introverted or shy, even if you're someone who's naturally extroverted. You know, when I talk about um, how I used to admire these experts from afar and I would read their newsletters and watch their videos and, you know, and dream of one day, you know, getting to know them. It's like, you know, there's this resonance because people are like, "Oh yeah, me too." You know, so I think that the first place is really like thinking about your story and how it can appeal to people. Um, I remember when I was first getting started, I would tell like aspects of my story or accomplishments. So my business coach was like, "You know, it's not relatable. It sounds like you're acting like you're better than other people, and people really want to feel like they can connect with you." Um, that you know, they could almost see themselves in your shoes that they want to see this like vulnerable and real side of you. So that's something I always keep in mind. And I think that the more successful you become, the more vulnerable you have to be and the more you need to show your flaws. So even just now when I was talking about, you know, all of my fears and how I messed up in the interview, like, you know, I like to share that because it also helps people connect with me because people may see me right now and be like, wow, she's got a seven figure business and she knows all these influencers and she lives in new york city i can't really connect with that but when i show the human side it's more interesting and you know the other thing is there's just certain things that people gravitate towards and that the media knows people gravitate towards so that's what they're looking for so for example like rags to riches stories are really popular um, because you know a lot of people like wonder, like, oh, wow, she went from, like, welfare to millionaire. Like, if I followed her tips, like, could I do that, too? Um, So, like, rags to riches, kind of hero's journey, those types of things really resonate with people. And then also, like, you know, making things really – like breaking them down in simple terms that people understand. So creating frameworks. So you know, I know a lot of coaches and experts and they have these like very kind of complicated ideas and they're frustrated when the media doesn't understand them and they have to dumb it down. But but part of it is also like thinking about how can I create like a system or framework around my knowledge. So for example, there's this book called The Five Love Languages. That's a framework that's really easy to understand. You know, which of the five love languages are you? Or like Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs or you know, all these things are different frameworks and I've got my own frameworks in my business. Um, so part of it, if you've got like a complex idea is thinking about how you can simplify it um, through a framework, you know, and, and also with numbers, people like five levels, three steps, you know, 12 steps. Um, so those are some examples of things that, you know, tend to resonate with people and also that do well in the media.
0: Yeah. You know, there's one other piece of this that, um, that I wanted to ask you about. So and you and I met sometime last year for the first time, and you were in the middle of working on uh, Danielle Laporte's book launch, and there was a piece you wrote about how you had pretty much broken every rule that anybody follows in building a business, like none of the things that your mentors did to build their businesses you did, and yet you got extraordinary results. And I want to talk about why you made those choices, but more importantly, how they, why they worked.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting thing. And um, yeah, and I've even evolved since I wrote that piece. But basically, just to kind of update people, I wrote this piece about how, you know, I kind of hit the seven figure mark. And one of my friends was like, you know, what's your next big goal? And a lot of people's goal, you know, after seven figures is like 10 million. But honestly, like, I didn't really feel like you know, that was a goal of mine or something that was very important. And I'd kind of reached a point where, you know, there's so many experts I admire who say things like, you've got to be on Instagram, you have to run a free challenge, you have to do a three part video series, um, you know, so many things. And I hadn't done like a single one of those things. Like, and I mean, you know, I'm not saying that what I do are best practices, because they're not like, I don't email my list consistently. That's definitely not a best practice. But you know, just kind of where I was, like a lot of my, work was around serving people in my mastermind and being really hands-on, you know, with my students and things like that. And so I was kind of being split in a lot of directions. But I think that one thing that I've always been able to do is I don't I guess build like a brand that people really gravitate towards. You know, it's like when I was looking to hire a personal trainer, there was all these options and then, you know, it's like a friend was like a Remy, you know, had a personal trainer that he works with that also works with Todd Herman and Derek Halpern, and it's like, okay, well, I want the trainer that works with all of them. And so I think in my own business, like I have built this brand by being the go-to person for so many different thought leaders. And they were all recommending me that that was just like enough information for people. Um, they were intrigued. And then what I did write, you know, I, I, you know, wrote high quality content and I shared stories and, You know, I'm never the person to like just write a newsletter, you know, in an hour or two and just send it off. Like, you know, I definitely take my time um, with sharing my stories. And so I think that the times I did show up, you know, I showed up in a way that really resonated with people. And then simultaneously, I've been building this aspirational brand and working with a lot of top people. And my business model, It's actually very different from how some people recommend you build a business. So a lot of people will say like, okay, you start with like the $7 tripwire, you know, where someone buys a report for $7 and then you've got the $97 product and then you do the $197 to $497 and then you do this and then you do that. And I, you know, started off with charging, you know, $4,000 a month um, for PR work and then you know doing a mastermind which was initially 9500 for the first 6 months and then eventually it became a $24,000 mastermind but what i but by working with like a lot of top people i was able to create a lot of big case studies because the top people are the top people for a reason it's because they take action they're going places they've got ideas yeah. that resonate and so i was helping those people And their followers, you know, started to take notice and then they would want to join, you know, when I then finally had a $3,000 offering and those people would like rush to join that because I never had anything, you know, below like $24,000 at a certain point. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that my relationships, um, the way I branded myself, even though initially I didn't have a very good website, but you know, the relationships endorsement and just kind of some of the basic positioning I had was enough. Um, But like at this level, at at this stage, you know, in my career, I'm actually doing, I'm looking to step more into a thought leadership role because even, you know, with having a seven figure business, I was still a little bit behind the scenes, which I I mean, I always will be, you know, I I like doing the strategy and things like that, but I, I really invest a lot of my time in getting, helping my clients get seen. And, um, you know, I think now, like I want to put more time into like Things like Instagram or, you know, what, what, you know, things like that for myself. But you know, it's interesting because now I'm at like the seven figure mark, and we'll be at multiple seven figures this year. And so I have a lot of financial resources, and so you know, the business is running, and I don't have to worry about that, and I can worry more about some of this other stuff. But, you know, I was always pursuing, like, visibility, like, podcasts and things like that. But there were other things, like, Instagram or three-part video series or, like, a fancy new website that I didn't really start paying attention to until I got, you know, the business stuff down.
0: Yeah. Do you think about money differently now than you did before?
1: um uh, Um, yeah, I mean, definitely when I was at a nonprofit making $42,000 a year, like I really couldn't imagine myself making that much more money, like maybe like $80,000, like one day or $60,000, but like six figures, I just, you know, I felt like you had to be in finance to make six figures. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't think I had the personality to be a business person because I was, you know, I get hurt easily and, you know, I'm naturally shy and things like that. And I'm self-critical and I like, you know, sometimes I just like overthink things. Um. Um, but yeah and now it's like it, it's i mean making money is in some ways it's easy cuz i know exactly how to do it i mean it's also hard work to create the products and programs um so now it's like i feel like i can even you know out earn my dad one day which is something that's you know mind blowing because he is really successful so yeah i definitely think about it differently i mean i think i used to feel bad about asking for money and making a lot of money And, you know, now I don't really, you know, have that issue. I think I used to feel like, well, if you're helping people, you know, like because when I was in college, you know, there was like this dichotomy, like people would come to campus, you know, to recruit you. And it was either like, you know, um, you know. Investment banking and consulting, or teach for America. You know, so it's like make money or like help people. Right. And I really did feel like there was this, you know, this like split. And now I can see that you can do both. And the only reason why I can see it is because I have role models. I have other people in my industry who are doing it. And I realize, oh, wow, this really is possible. And lots of people are doing it.
0: Hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I think that makes uh, a really fitting end to our conversation, but I want to have you talk a little bit about, uh, impacting millions before we close things up. Um, So can you tell people a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, my passion is helping people who feel like this hidden gem, who know they're good at what they do, go from hidden gem to household name and get publicity. And so I've got this three-part video series for people who want to learn how to get publicity, how to get on top podcasts, magazines, um, TV, and more. Um, and so you can check that out at impactingmillions.com slash unmistakable. And I know unmistakable. I know I like messed up the spelling. <laughs> when, when I was you Shrini. So just, you know, double check your spelling, but impacting slash unmistakable. And you'll be able to check out that three part video series. Um, and we cover a lot. So it's kind of like a mini course in and of itself. And also when you, um, you know, enter to watch the video series, um, at the end of the video series, you'll have a chance to fill out a questionnaire. It's for a special giveaway. Um, just answer a couple questions. So I know that you actually watch the videos and let me know a bit about yourself and you'll be entered to win a trip to New York city, all expenses paid, um, where I'll be flying you in, putting you up in an amazing hotel and you'll get to come to one of my influencer dinner parties and meet the media and get some mentoring for me. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to throw that in It's just like extra incentive for people to check out the video series.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Well, I want to finish with my final question, which amazingly enough, I've never gotten to ask you and I'm really curious to see what your answer is going to be to this. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable?
1: you've never asked that
0: I've never asked you that so I'm oh, really curious asked. what your answer is to this
1: um, I think it's their vulnerability I think is what makes someone unmistakable um, I think about like my mentor me and how you know there was a story that he shared in a newsletter like eight years ago and I remember reading that story and just connecting with it so much Um. It was a story about how he um, was, you know, pursuing like different summer internships and he went to this company that, you know, made like different, you know, packaged goods and they were like, oh yeah, you know, we'd love to use an intern. We'll start you at $10 an hour, just like all the interns and you're doing X, Y, and Z. And I remember, and he was like, in that moment, he was like, I don't want to just be like everyone else. I don't want to just be another intern, you know? And he was like, I don't want that opportunity. And there was just a way that he told that story that really like hit me. And I forwarded that email to like 35 people. And even to this day, like I still remember that story that I read, you know, over like 20 seconds, eight years ago. And so when I think about the people that I really admire, I love, and that inspire me, it's because I was moved by something that they said. And it's typically when they opened up and were vulnerable and showed, um, you know, a flaw, a weakness or insecurity. So I think, you know, and I think for myself, like how I try to be unmistakable is being myself. Because when I started my business, I thought, you know, I didn't know many people who were introverted or shy or this or that who were successful business leaders and i think that you know the ultimate inspiration is being yourself and you know realizing like i can be successful being the way that i am and so sharing you know sometimes i feel a bit weird saying oh i'm naturally shy or i'm such an introvert or i am not good at xyz but it's true and i think it also um helps people relate to me and it helps make me become memorable and unmistakable
0: awesome um well, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to join us and sharing your story and your insights with our listeners. This has been amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, Because Rustolium's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.
2: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.